Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Let's pray and then we will get further into the word. And I'm going to read from that song that uh, Pamela was playing during communion. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You, Jesus, have broken every chain and there's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, you are our living hope. Jesus Christ, you are our living hope. We submit ourselves to you, to your good and pleasing, perfect will. Come and do what only you can do. In this place this morning, in our lives, every single day, in your name we pray. Amen. All right, uh, Mark 16, are you there? One of us. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles up behind the uh, tech booth. If you want to go and grab one, you can even keep it. If you don't have a Bible, then just take it. You're welcome. Um, So there's two people in Mark 16, so that's all right. We'll start with what we've got. So, yeah, we are talking today, continuing our Apologetics 101 series. Um, I encourage you, if you haven't uh, been able to share in the messages we've had already a few weeks ago, Simon... Uh, introduced us to the topic of apologetics. It's not apologizing for being a follower of Jesus. We don't need to do that. It's a defense of our faith. It's arguing about why, not even arguing, but just discussing, having the reasons behind our faith and being able to articulate that in conversations with people in our lives. And then Lockie um, looked at how do we know that the Bible is true and went back through ancient history through to today to give us... um, Solid evidence for how we know the Bible is true beyond believing God and taking him for his word and some of the scientific and historical evidence we have for believing God's word. Uh, and then last week, I've gone blank. Simon speak, spoke oh, about how, how the world was created and we even had Simon's scientific sessions. So if you missed Simon doing science, go watch it on YouTube. It will change your life. Never mind the rest of the actual conversation and the sermon about how the world was created. And it was really good. So I encourage you to go and check that out if you have missed that. And here we are today. Are miracles real? Yes, they are. Mark 16. Uh, this is the words of Jesus to the disciples before he left them. Go into uh, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, (laughs) okay, and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. All right, so here's the instruction to Jesus. Here's Jesus empowering and giving all authority to his disciples to enact the word that he's given to them, to walk the walk and talk the talk, um, and confirming that the signs 
um, will confirm the word that they preach as they go about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the, def- the, the dictionary defines a miracle as an extraordinary and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to a divine agency, also known as God. The miracle of, uh, and the example that the dictionary gives is the miracle of rising from the grave. So that's pretty cool. A remarkable event or development that brings very welcome consequences. And the thesaurus in suggesting other words such as supernatural, phenomenon, mystery, sign, uh, uses the example of his first miracle was to turn water into wine. So even the dictionary is pulling on biblical examples of what is a miracle. So most of us sitting here, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not following Jesus, if this is your first time here today, welcome, you've come on a great day. But for most of us who who have been following Jesus or have read any of the Bible, will be aware that there are miracles upon miracles throughout the Bible. That is not our struggle for most believers today. And we might be able to say, most of us, maybe even all of us, would actually say, yeah, absolutely, believe in miracles, believe they're possible. Some of us might go, okay, I believe that was for a time, and that time may have passed. I don't believe in the miraculous today. And so that's some of what we want to look at as we have this conversation today and end up with the greatest miracle of all, which is actually the new life we have in and through Jesus Christ. Uh, Some of us might actually testify to the fact that us being alive is a miracle. We hear the term a miracle baby. And that might be the, the parents had trouble conceiving and so this child that was waited for for such a long time has finally come and so it's considered a miracle child or a miracle baby. Others of us have survived the birth And that's considered a miracle. Let you know a little secret. There was going to be four Rissons. My mum and dad were going to have four babies. I'm the third. There's not another one after me. (laughs) After I was born, my dad and my grandma looked at my mum and said, no more. (laughs) It is a miracle. I'm alive. I'm a walking miracle. You're welcome. I'm sure I'll hear about that later on. The earliest miracle, I wouldn't have thought about it as a miracle, but the earliest miracle I can remember in my mind, I don't remember learning about it, and I'm not to say that uh, my dad as a pastor or being a part of a church, growing up in church all my life, that it wasn't talked about or taught about. I just don't remember it. But every time I think about a miracle, the earliest I can think of as a miracle is uh, we lived in Ballarat when I was at primary school. And I would most days ride my bike to school and we would ride up and then down a very steep hill onto York Street. And York Street was kind of a busy thoroughfare, if you know Ballarat at all, it's the street that our church was on. And so I would ride along York Street up to Richard Street Primary School, which doesn't exist anymore. I'm not sure about how I feel about being part of a school that is no longer there, but that's beside the point. So I would ride to school and one day I've gone up Otway Street and then down the steep side towards York Street on my yellow BMX bike. See, it's still, it's like fresh in my memory, um, which is a miracle. And I'm going down the hill and I'm trying to brake and the brakes aren't working. 
And I can still feel the panic setting into my little primary school body as I'm getting towards the bottom of the hill, wondering what on earth is going to happen as I get to the bottom of Otway Street and have to do a sweeping right-hander onto York Street. Now, obviously, I survived, but this is the miracle. Like, York Street's normally busy, and there were no cars. And I have managed, I'm sure it was like poetry in motion as I executed this sweeping you don't believe me, sweeping right-hander. And this is in the days before you had to wear a helmet. So, like, life on the line here. Sweeping right-hander onto York Street and off I rode into the sunrise onto primary school. I don't feel like you're really kind of believing me, capturing the energy and the emotion. I'm sure it was the best I ever had at school because... They were rare. Um, but that's like every time I think about a miracle, that's the first memory I have. I remember watching TV and seeing, I don't even know who it was, I just have this glimpse in my memory, again, primary school kind of age, and seeing like a televangelist, like somebody preaching on TV, and there was a big crowd, and, the tele, and the, whoever it was, the person preaching, praying for somebody, and the person falling over. And we would call that being slain in the spirit. And some of us will have like a theology where like, I don't believe that can happen at all. And others are like, yeah, fully on board. Absolutely. You know, spirit moves in mysterious ways. You know, strange things can happen. Absolutely. But that stuck in my mind. And I have never had, for a long time, I didn't have a grid for it. Uh, and then moving forward, I went to Churches of Christ Theological College and all sorts of different theologies and understandings about who God is and what God is like and how God moves in the world today. Um, and a couple of conversations, I think it was particularly during preaching class and one lecturer in particular uh, talking about the fact that I don't believe that God necessarily moves the same way as he did in biblical times. And again, this is before I had a grid for signs and wonders and healings and miracles. It wasn't really part of what I grew up knowing and understanding, but I just remember something within me thinking, I don't know why, but I don't agree with you. And all this to say, I'm, I'm getting to the point, I want to share with you some of my story, our story, about why we believe what we believe in terms of the miraculous today. Because it wasn't always the case. And it wasn't that I didn't think that miracles couldn't happen. It was, I just didn't think about it at all. And so some people, if you've met me in recent years, you might think, well, I've just always been as crazy as I am. And no, I wasn't always like this that kind of grew over time so we go back to 2010 and a good friend of mine um, uh, his mum sends out like the Christmas letter do you, some of you might do the Christmas letter or get the Christmas letter from people just with the family update um, and anyway in this Christmas letter it talked about Ben and Joe they're really good friends of ours uh, they had applied and were going to be a part of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry now I want to start off I talked about Bethel a couple of weeks ago Bethel doesn't have um, a stronghold over the supernatural or miraculous. This is just our journey. There are plenty of other places teaching, running schools of ministry like Bethel. This is just our story and, and what we hooked into to learn as we did. And I remember getting the letter, standing in our kitchen, <clears throat> pardon me, getting this letter, reading how Ben and Joe were going to the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in California, America, thinking, why are they going over there? 
I think I said it out loud. I'm like, why would they do that? Like, there's schools, there's colleges here. And anyway, Ben and I actually run, uh, were leaders on a camp together over the Christmas and New Year's break. Christian Endeavour. Who remembers Christian Endeavour? Yeah, a few of us. Yeah, absolutely. So they're still running camps in South Australia, in Mount Barker. So we were leaders together on that camp. And I didn't seek Ben out to learn more about it, but we just had conversations and something like a fire was lit inside me. That is the only way. And one night during worship on camp, I was standing next to Ben and Ben puts his hand on my back. And I don't know what he's praying. He's just praying for me. And it was like fire on my back. And I said, what, dude, what, what are you praying? He said, I'm just praying for you, man. And every, like, that was the turning point for us. And so I remember coming home from, coal, uh, from camp and one of the kids had a bit of a cough and a cold and I was like, there's no grid, but I was starting to pray for their healing. And people would be sick and we'd be not only praying for the doctor's wisdom or for the medical care to work, but we'd be praying that they would be healed in the name of Jesus. And we'd be praying for miraculous provision to see the signs and wonders and healings and miracles that Jesus walked in to actually become a part of our life. We read Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth. Um, and that was the starting point for us to give some, some language around it. And some people might ask, the, some people did ask the question. I remember I posted on Facebook while we were at um, Bethel about just an event that was happening and somebody who I knew in Adelaide posting is like I'm so confused why do they need a school of supernatural ministry you could just call it a school of ministry it was a school of ministry and they teach solid theology they teach biblical grounded theology but they also teach and equip and encourage and challenge people to walk out the supernatural lifestyle that Jesus has called us to live and exemplified for us to live. And as we read in Mark 16, the mandate that he actually gave to his disciples and us as followers of Jesus to move in signs and wonders, healings and miracles. And not just to be impressive, not just to put on a show, not just so that people can go, wow, that's amazing. My leg, I've, I've seen legs um, like grow out where there's legs are two different lengths and, and one leg grow out and... Um, I've heard stories of metal disappearing from inside people's body. I haven't raised anybody from the dead yet. So working to, I don't even know how to begin, but I've heard people go into morgues when you know, people have died too early and pray and see people come back to life. And that's not, just, that's not just in the Bible a couple of thousand years ago. That's today. That's today. And some of you will sit there and nod and go, absolutely, completely on board with you, completely on fire to see God move in miraculous ways. And others of us are like, whoa. And I want to, I want to encourage every single one of us, no matter where we're at in our relationship and our journey with Jesus Christ as followers of Jesus, to read the Bible with an open mind to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing for us today as followers of Jesus. Let's look at John chapter 14. <clears throat> this is Jesus. Um, at the Last Supper... Before he's crucified, John chapter 14, verses 11 to 14. These scriptures are in the U Version Bible app if you're using 
a smart device, feel free to look it up and follow along there and make your own notes as we go through. Uh, verse 11. Actually, I'll go back to verse 9. Jesus is answering Philip. Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. It's the Father living in me who is doing his work. So here is Jesus fully submitted to the work of the Father. It's not just me, says Jesus, Son of God, Son of Man, Jesus, Messiah. He says, it's the Father living in me. And that is, that's the foundation, the starting point for the miraculous is the Father alive in us. Believe me, verse 11, believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. So here's Jesus saying, if you don't believe me based on what I've said to you, then believe on the miraculous signs that you've seen me carry out. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Isn't that mind-blowing? Jesus says, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now immediately, I can almost feel the questions. Hang on a minute. I've asked for things in Jesus' name. I do not have them. What's going on? I'm skipping because like, this is the big pull, Mark chapter 9. This is, this, is the, this is the scriptural basis we have for walking it out. I totally get that sometimes we ask for things in the name of Jesus, legitimate, godly things, not just for a new care carnival 2021 platinum model. I've asked for that. Jesus has not provided But when we ask for things that we know the heart of God, when we ask for somebody to be healed, restored, when we ask for a relationship to be restored, when we ask for a loved one to be freed from cancer or from the bondage of sin and we don't see them restored, Jesus, what's going on? Because I asked in your name and I don't have it. I don't see it. Here's the disciples' response and I think this is the foundation for what should be our response. So Mark chapter 9, we have the story of Jesus, Paul, Peter and John, sounds like a rock band, doesn't it? On the mountain of transfiguration, as we call it. And Jesus is lit up like electricity, transfigured before them, has a conversation with Moses and Elijah. Peter is like, we should build some tents. And then everything goes back to normal and they go back down the mountain. All right, most of us would know that story. You with me so far? All right. They go down the mountain and they come to the rest of the disciples and a crowd having an argument with the teachers of the law. So here's the teachers, the traditionalists, the keepers of the law having an argument with the disciples. Why are they having an argument? Because there is a boy there who has an evil spirit within him and the disciples can't cast out the evil spirit. Why did the disciples think that they can cast out the evil spirit? 
because sometime beforehand, Jesus sent them out with his authority to actually go and cast out evil spirits, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. So the disciples have come off that. So there's three that have been with Jesus as he's been transfigured. The rest of the group are down here doing ministry that Jesus has taught them and equipped them to do. And Jesus comes along and they're having an argument with the teachers of the law about why they can't cast out this evil spirit from this young boy. And Jesus says to them, what are you arguing with them about? A man in the crowd, this is uh, chapter 9, verse 17. I've skipped a bunch, but I believe this is important. Teacher, I brought you my son. Isn't that interesting? The man says, I brought you my son. But he's, only, he's with the disciples. The disciples so represented Jesus that this man took his son to them. I think that's profound. My son's possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. But they could not. Here's Jesus' response. Like, just, I don't know if you're a visual thinker, but I imagine Jesus kind of rolling his eyes when he says this. Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Oh, Jesus, meek and mild, that's not very kind. Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit, not the boy, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, the father answered. It's often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, Jesus, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible. Everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd, there was already a crowd there, and Jesus sees more of a crowd running to the scene he rebuked the evil. The Greek word is unclean. And the root of the Greek word is actually where we get cathartic from. When Jesus saw, he rebuked the evil or unclean spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. Come on. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus replied, this kind can come out only by prayer and fasting. All right, so here, <clears throat> pardon me. Is everybody okay still? Excellent. Here is what I believe as... What this, this, is, this exemplifies what our response should be. When we pray, when we seek the Lord for the miraculous, whatever that might be, it might be a healing in a body, it might be a miracle in our lives, it might be um, miraculous provision of resources, it might be a relationship restored, whatever it should be. I don't go, it didn't work. Forget it, I'm not doing it anymore. I go to Jesus. 
in private and ask him what is going on. Bill Johnson puts it like this. Bethel, Bill Johnson, they have people travel from all around the world to go for healing, to see the miraculous. And they still, not everybody gets healed. And Bill says, there's still people that come and they're disappointed. They come for God and all they got was me. And neither of us are very impressed. So people will come to me, they'll come to ask, asking for prayer, for healing, or I'll pray for people in the street, which still makes me sweat. I still get nervous about it. People think, wow, it's so easy for you. No, it's not. No, I still have this internal dialogue. I'm like, oh, please, Lord, let there be another way. Please let them go. Please let them go. Oh, they're still here. Okay, I'll go and pray for them. Hi, do you want me to pray for you? It doesn't always work. I'm praying in Jesus' name. I pray, I fast, I do whatever it might take, what I believe Jesus calls to do, and it doesn't work. And I do not, do not turn my back on Jesus because it doesn't work. Never. Because his word is true. He is true and he is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am not. I am an emotional, physical, spiritual roller coaster. Jesus is rock solid, baby. He is absolutely dependable. So if I, if something, if I pray in his name and I don't see the results that I'm expecting, if I don't see it answered, it's the short, it's not Jesus' mistake. He paid for it on the cross. So I go back to him. So many people, you might be okay with asking Jesus why. And that's right. If you, if you can have that conversation, why God? Why didn't this person? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't I see what I expected to see? I, I tried it once and it felt so wrong. I'm not saying you can't. Lots of people, they talk about, get angry at God. I'm like, I don't, I don't have that within me. But if that's your relationship with God, okay. But I go, Jesus... I prayed for this person and they're not healed. But I know that you bought their healing on the cross. By his stripes, we are healed. Jesus, I prayed for this person and they died. We prayed for Narelle's mum and she was not healed. And like, she is face to face with Jesus. Awesome. That's the end goal. But we would have liked her a little longer. So it doesn't always get answered. And it's not Jesus' fault. And it's, not even, it's not necessarily anybody's fault. I don't know what's happening when prayers don't get answered. But I, what I refuse to do is actually blame Jesus and walk away and say, I'm never doing it again. Because if I don't pray for anybody, guess how many people will get healed, will receive the miraculous? Zero. If I pray for a hundred, my chances of people receiving healing or a sign or a wonder taking place increase. I know somebody that heard the story. They prayed for 700 people. They obviously kept count. They prayed for 700 people before they saw one person healed. I don't, I don't know why. I really don't, nobody can give an accurate 
kind of explanation. I just want to encourage us, uh, encourage us, do not give up. We pray for 10 people, nobody gets healed, nobody sees miraculous provision, there is no miracle, there's no sign or wonder, there's nothing, we don't know what's going on, we pray for the 11th and maybe they've got cancer and a broken thumb and the broken thumb gets healed and restored but they've still got the cancer. We keep going, we keep pressing in, we say, Jesus, it didn't work, we're praying in your name, we keep pressing in. Jesus, it didn't work. Oh, it didn't work. We go to the private place. We seek Jesus in private. God, I'm doing what I believe you called me to do, to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And at the moment, I'm seeing more earth than I'm seeing heaven. Help me press in, God. Help me press in. I, 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 know, I know this is hard. For some of us, but all I've got is Jesus. That's it. He is my living hope. Just hands up if you have been, if you received prayer for a healing in your life, in your body, or a miracle in your life. Hands up if you've prayed and that prayer. Hands up high. Hands up if you've received prayer and that prayer was answered. All right, quite a few of us, yeah? All right, now, hands down. Hands up if you've been prayed for and your prayer has not yet been answered. Just as many. Yet we do not lose hope. Proverbs says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. When I actually stop hoping, that actually is the beginning of sickness within my spirit. When I'm hoping to see the hand of God at work in my life or in the life of my family or in the life of my community, yet I do not see it, I do not lose hope because that is the beginning of sickness. That is the beginning of moving away from who God is and what he has in store for each and every one of us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because I want to highlight the importance of this for us as a community and not just for the chosen or the elect few. So Paul writes to the church at Corinth. Uh, the Corinthians, the church at Corinth, they're a polytheistic society, which means they've got many gods. So they would have believed you would have a god for fertility, you'd have a god for farming, you'd have a god for money, you'd have a god for every aspect of life. And so Paul's writing to correct their theology and say, no, no, not many gods, just the one. And so he's writing to them about the spiritual life, Um, And we'll pick it up. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all people. So same spirit, same Lord, same God. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit. So that is the outworking of the spirit. The physical realization of the supernatural is given for the common 
good, not just for the good of the one who receives it, but actually for the good of the community. To one, uh, this is verse 8, to one that's given the, through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another uh, miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So it's the one Spirit at work in numerous different outworkings for each person who receives a Spirit to actually receive a gift, not just for their own good or not even for the good of the one who um, receives the outworking of that gift, whether that's a miraculous sign or a healing or a prophetic word, but actually for the building up of the body. It's from here that Paul goes on to write about the fact that we're all part of the one body. And so what is good for the one is actually good for the community. And so when one of us receives the work of the Lord, whatever that might look like, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, it actually works to build us up as a body. Why? Because we actually see God's hand at work in our lives today. It isn't just about us become followers of Jesus, knowing that we are saved from eternal damnation so that when we die, we go to heaven and hopefully during this life, we get as many people on board as possible. It's so we can see God's will being done on earth in this moment as it is in heaven. In heaven, is there any sickness? It's not a trick question. In the presence of God, Revelation talks about the fact that in heaven, in the presence of God, there are no shadows because his light overwhelms them. There is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no death, there is no dying. Now we know we live in a fallen world, in a fallen society. Totally get that. And some people resign themselves to the fact that, well, this is our lot in life. This is as good as it gets. I will not resign myself to the fact that this is as good as it gets because I believe in seeing God's will being done on earth in this moment as it is in heaven. And that as I go about, as we go about, and we actually share the good news of Jesus Christ, not just in the words we speak to people, but in that we would actually pray with them and pray for them in the name of Jesus to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I, lo like, I, I do love praying for people and I love seeing God's hand at work in people's lives. It doesn't always go according to plan. It still feels a little bit anxious and awkward. I still have this internal wrestle sometimes. Sometimes you feel like you just step into it and other times you feel like, man, I've really got to build up to it. You might see someone walking down the street and think, oh, if I see them again, I'll pray for them, and then you see them again. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. Partly because I don't want to have the conversation with God afterwards. If I don't pray for somebody, that's more awkward than praying for somebody. I prayed for one girl. I was down the street one Saturday. <clears throat> I'll share this, and then we're going to do some ministry. And she was limping. She was limping. She had her ankle bandaged up, and she she could not put any weight on it at all. 
And so I sat in my car for like five, ten minutes. I'm like, just go, just go talk to her. Just go ask. So I finally built up the courage. I get up and... Hey, um, um, this, uh, this might be useful. Uh, sometimes I think we don't know how to actually practically walk it out. Um, and we base this off what Jesus did, all right? So we ask questions. We find out what the people need. Do you notice that? Jesus, the Messiah, asked people what they needed. You'd think that would be obvious. But no, he asked people what they needed. And so I said, hey, my name's Jared. Um, what's going on with your ankle? And she said, oh, I sprained it playing nipple. Like, she was in pain. I said, oh, are you getting it checked out or anything? She said, oh, yeah, we were just getting some lunch and mum wanted to go do some shopping and then we've got to go to the hospital. Internally, I'm like, that feels like the wrong way around to me. You look like you're in pain. I said, well, hey, I'm a Christian and I believe that God can heal you. Would you mind if I prayed for you? Like, simple as that. I don't have to preach chapter and verse, just simple as that. He's like, "Um, yeah, okay. Now, I have to tell you, I've had more people say yes to me praying for them than say no. I can remember one person saying no, so I just walked away and still prayed for them. And her name was Joy, which I thought was funny. I was like, the Lord will get you, Joy. Um, this is really open and honest, isn't it? So I prayed, I I'm sorry, I can't remember this girl's name. But I prayed for it. So what I do, I pray, I ask, can I put my hands on it? Just, and so I put my hand on her wrapped up ankle, obviously keeping it respectful. So yeah, okay, so I put my hand just gently on it. And I say, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you uh, that by your stripes we are healed. I pray for, let's call her Mary. So people, there's a reason people choose that name. It's because like, it's pretty safe. Um, I just bless Mary to uh, experience your healing power. Holy Spirit, come. Would you bring healing to this ankle? Like, really simple. And then I was just, I check in. I'm like, what's it like? He's like, mm, it's okay. I said, okay, on a scale of naught to 10, naught, no pain, 10, you're in hospital, which clearly is where she kind of should be, but, you know, no judgment. Um, and I, it was like an eight or something. I was like, okay, Jesus prayed for a blind man twice. Most of us would know that story. Prayed for a guy and he could see people like trees walking around. So Jesus said, all right, let's pray again. Okay, so if Jesus, the Messiah, gets twice, two times to pray, I reckon that gives me at least 15 shots. <laughs> all right, that's a fair measure, isn't it? So uh, can I pray again? So, okay, so get down and I pray again. Jesus, thank you for your healing power. Thank you for what you're doing in Mary's. Thank you for a body made in your image. Just release healing in Jesus' name. This isn't word for word. This is generally what I might do. And I've got to tell you, I want to, in all of this, I want to be tuned in to what the Holy Spirit's doing. Because sometimes I've gone to pray for people and the Holy Spirit says, don't say anything. Which is really weird when you say to somebody, you say, can I pray for you? And then you don't say anything. And you're just sitting there in silence, just waiting. But I've seen that happen, and I've, all right, I'm like, all right, I won't say anything. And I'll just stay there for 10, 15, 20 seconds, and then I'll say, how is it now? And I've seen people healed by me not saying anything. God, is that good? He works even when I shut up. I oh, know, it's amazing. And so I was checking with the girl, and she was like, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's actually a little bit better. So, all right, can I pray again? So I pray again, 
And it went from like an eight down to a two or three. And my favorite and is when you pray for people and then they go, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, that's the one. That's my favorite. People, like, and we, people don't always have the most polite language when you pray for them on the street. It's surprising, I know. And so I went down, and I, I don't know, we prayed for a couple more times and just, and just blessed her and, and they had their lunch, so off they went on their way. And um, She still couldn't put all her weight on it. I always give thanks to God, whether I see the person healed or not, because he is faithful. And even if I don't see it, I know somebody I've um, prayed for, prayed for their knee, nothing happened, nothing. And they were having knee reconstruction surgery coming up. Nothing happened. And got a text from them the next day. They got up out of bed the next day and their knee was completely healed. So sometimes it doesn't happen straight away. We talk about the miraculous is actually straight away, but healing sometimes takes time. And one of the things that stands out for me is Chris Gore, who oversees, the, or he did oversee the healing rooms. Bethel run healing rooms. Saturday you can go and receive prayer. They've got a whole setup. His daughter is severely or was severely disabled in a wheelchair. And he runs the healing rooms. Like that is faith beyond faith. And he says, let's not miss the miraculous by looking for the spectacular. Let's not miss the miraculous by looking for the spectacular. Sometimes it is spectacular, but sometimes it's not. If you pray for a couple who are wanting to have a child, like that takes months. You, that's not an immediate answer to prayer. Sometimes they know beyond knowing that their prayers have been answered. But sometimes that takes months to see that prayer be answered. Sometimes healing takes a long time. But what I come back to is the mandate from Jesus Christ himself. The works that I've been doing, greater than these will you do in my name. And I can't let go of it. I have seen too much I've heard too much of the hand of God at work in this world today to discount it and say it's for another time. May his kingdom come and his will be done in our lives, in this church, in Horsham, in Australia, as it is in heaven. Amen? All right. I want to uh, pray for some people. You got anything? I want to pray for some people. I had some other scriptures, but they'll be okay. And I want to keep the conversation going. If, if, if you have doubt, if you're not sure, if you want to know more about what it looks like, I'm not the only one here that's happy to pray for people or, or with people. Um, I just believe that's a call on my life. I'm happy to talk about it, happy to practice with you like people think wow practice yeah actually it just makes it more natural if you practice these things um then i'm happy to do that with you um is there anybody uh in the room that has physical pain that doesn't have a reason the doctors are like i don't know or online if you're joining us online uh, feel free to stand up for anything that we talk about today if you have physical pain anywhere from the top of your head to your little pinky toe 
uh, and you've had it checked out and the doctors are like, hmm, beats me, or you've had treatment, treatment hasn't worked, you've had it for any length of time and you're just putting up with it. And I don't care if you're one or 101, anywhere in that, if you've got physical pain that just won't go away, I want to invite you to stand up, we're going to pray for you and see the hand of God at work in your body today. Got one up the back. Got a few. All right, church, let's uh, practice together, okay? So if you're near these people, um, I'm going to ask if your spouse is near you, that they can still pray for you, but I'm going to get some others around you to pray with you because no doubt your spouse has already been praying for you. I'm going to work on that assumption. So there's Ian at the back. Someone wants to go up with him. Just a few people going to get around. All right. And so what I want you to do, just like Jesus did with the boy's father, first of all, what is it? What's going on? So just in one, not a whole life story, just one sentence, just if, as best you can. If you need to keep it decent, feel free to do that. Um, then just share that with the people around you. Do that first. We'll do this step by step. So just ask what they actually, what's the problem that they're uh, wanting to receive healing for? All right, once you've got that, um, somebody or a couple of people, just ask that person, can I put my hand on that spot for you? And if they say, no, leave me alone, you weirdo, that's quite all right. But if they say, sure, go for it, and it's appropriate, um, then go for it. Appropriate, like, just to be honest, like, I, if it's a female, I'll touch, I'll put my hand on their shoulders, maybe on their back, stay away from the lower back. I might do knees and below. I will never do here, pretty much on anybody. I might do here on a dude. And if I can, I'll ask a female to join me. All right, just look, this is real practical kind of stuff. And I know we're talking about healings at the moment, not just miraculous, but this is a miracle that we're looking for today. All right, so if you do that, all right. So now we're just going to pray however you might see fit. Lord Jesus, we just pray for complete healing in this person's body. You can pray with me, church. If you're not standing near anybody, just pick a person and aim your prayers at them. Jesus, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done in these people's bodies. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. We plead the blood of Jesus over these bodies. Pain, we take authority over the pain and command it to leave in the name of Jesus. We command tendons, ligaments, cartilage, skeleton, the nervous system to come into alignment with the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' name. Jesus, we come to get your full reward for all that you paid for on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now somebody just ask them, test it out. Can they actually feel anything different? All right, now is there anybody that's gone from like painful to no pain. All right, we've got well, like five people. We're going to walk this out together. We've got five people. And it hasn't shifted. Our prayers have not been answered. Now, we don't go, oh, well, obviously Jesus is having a day off today because he's not. He's still seated on the throne. We go again. Right. We'll pray again one more time. 
someone upstairs as well. Thank you. And if you're joining us online, we just pray for the Spirit of God to fall right where you are in this moment. Whatever the pain might be in your body, we command it to leave in the name of Jesus. By his stripes we are healed. Not we were healed, we are healed by the blood of Jesus. And release full healing into your body. Thank you, Jesus. All right, ask them to test it out. Ask them to see if there's any difference at all. Is there anybody the pain shifted at all? The pain shifted? Has it gone or has it just shifted? It's eased? All right, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Can we celebrate? Can we give Jesus praise? Thank you, Jesus. Now, listen, if we... I'm happy to do this for you as we continue Feel, take a seat thank you so much for being brave enough to stand up for praying now listen if I'm with Diane and that pain's moved we're going to go again all right and sometimes that, you might be 20 minutes half an hour and people are oh, 20 minutes half an hour I might be late to something yeah you've got to make that call and I'm like oh if I'm late to that but this person gets healed restored gets to meet Jesus oh, I think that's a price worth paying don't you? So just assume, if I'm late to an appointment with you, I'm praying with somebody. Oh, I'll just, I'll just, it might not be the case. I might just be running late. All right, but if I'm with Diane, I'm going to keep praying, okay? And we're going to see how far we can get that pain. Just keep checking in, all right? Another point I'll make from Jesus, and then we'll do one or two more things. Another point that I'll make, Jesus said to the disciples, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting, some scriptures don't have and fasting, they just have and prayer. I don't know if you noticed this, Jesus wasn't fasting at that moment. Such was his lifestyle of prayer. and Well, the only fast we know that Jesus did was 40 days in the wilderness. But he was so at one with the Father that when it came to actually making a withdrawal to see this boy freed from an evil spirit, he had it to give. I want to be so connected to the Father. I want my life of prayer and fasting to actually um, help me to be ready. So when it comes time, I'm not having to go, oh, well, um, I haven't actually spent enough time with the Lord. I better, I don't know what's going on. I'm actually like, I'm so at one with the Father that I can actually give it out freely. And it's not like we're trying to accrue relationship with the Father just so we can pull off miracles. It's, I want to be so at one, I can't help but actually overflow his goodness to the world around me. All right? Um, thank you so much. If you... Um, everybody needs a miracle because petrol costs an arm, a leg and a kidney at the moment. But if you, um, if you need miracle provision beyond what feels like... If you're looking at the budget and there's more red than there's black, I, real, I realise this is kind of getting personal in a lot of ways. But if you're like struggling to make ends meet and you need to see God hit your bank balance in a good way, can I ask you to stand? I know this is kind of getting personal, but you are loved. You're amongst friends. You're amongst family. Or if you need to make a decision and you're like, it feels too hard. I, just, I don't know which way to go. Like, Thank you. All right, church, if you'd a few of you just want to get, we've got somebody over here 
on your right and somebody over here, if you just want to stand with these people. And what we want to do when we pray to see the miraculous take place, we want to be um, specific, not general. Like world peace, I'm not sure if you've noticed or not, but prayers for world peace haven't really worked yet. Um, but if I pray to see God's hand of provision at work and that somebody would be blessed abundantly more than they could possibly imagine or ask for, I see that prayer answered. I've seen that prayer at work in our own lives. I've seen that answered. And I'm not just coming to the Father just to get what I want. I want to see his kingdom come in my life as it is in heaven. So find out what they need if you're with these people. And just start to pray God's um, blessing and provision in their life. That he would give them more than they could ask or imagine because he is a good father who does not leave his children alone. I get to the petrol pump nearly every time I look at the price of petrol, I say, thank you, Lord, that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Thank you that you have more than enough. Thank you that you take care of my every need. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in these lives. Thank you for what you're about to do. Just bless them. And check in with them later on. And if you've been prayed for today and God answers your prayer, whenever that might be, feel free to share that testimony with us so that we can actually share that about the work that God has done in people's lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you, people. All right. One final one. The biggest, the best miracle of all is that we are a new creation through Christ Jesus. Amen? The best. We have new life because of his death and resurrection. If you are not walking with Jesus, if you have not said yes to Jesus, if you have not made a commitment to allowing Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of your life, I'm going to ask you again to be bold and stand up in this moment. If you want to say, all right, I need to make the commitment, I want Jesus to be Lord of all. I just want to ask you to stand where you are. This is the day the Lord has made. This is a good day to say yes to Jesus and receive his full reward. We're all following Jesus. All right. All right. You okay? Everybody okay? All right. Now, if I've rattled your cage and you're like, Jared, oh, I'm not really sure about it. That's okay. I'm happy to have the conversation. You can buy me coffee and we can talk about it some more. I'm generous like that. Um, but if you're like, this is awesome, you're like, I want to I do more of this, I want to be a part of this, you can just say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. Reveal to me the people that you, wanna sh- you want me to share you with as I go about my day. All right, uh, let's stand together, we'll end it there. Sorry, worship team. Let's stand together and we'll close in prayer.
Actually, I've changed my mind. Worship team will have that song. It's too good to not have as a testament to uh, what God is doing today. So, Father, we thank you that you are good all the time and your love endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that your love is unchanging. Thank you for your grace, your compassion, your mercy. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to your word, to the whispering of your spirit, to step out with boldness, to trust you, even when we can't see it, even when we look at it, the situation before us, and we think it is hopeless, all hope is gone. Even as I'm praying, I'm, I'm mindful of parents that might be wanting another baby, and it's not looking realistic. So I just bless you as a couple. Uh, thank you, Lord, that the two have become one. And we just pray for new life to be created in your image as this husband and wife come together in your name. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are made in your image, fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in the secret place. Mm, thank you that you would be at work in bodies, spirits and souls to bring new life into being, Lord. Even though all hope might be lost, would you restore hope to these couples in this season? Mm. Thank you, Lord. You are a good, good father. Mm.